what is up people thank you so much for listening to this episode of the new generation hero talk podcast i am your host ej stewart we're back with a normal episode of hero talk this week of course last week we did our um we did our uh, jenny awards which i know there was a slight issue in terms of a technical issue with it not being fully uh, uploaded we uploaded that during the middle of the week this week fully in its complete two-hour version so if you guys have gotten to listen to that make sure you check it out of course that's where we give out uh, all our awards for what we think were the best uh, stuff we saw from superhero television uh, over the course of a year. And this year, this week, now we're back with a normal hero talk. We were kind of in that phase where these are the kind of last few episodes before we have to start diving into uh, episode reviews. You know, I think uh, Flash and, and Arrow probably come back in like October, I think. Um, yes, the yeah. Gifted comes out in like in a week or two. Yeah, Gifted comes out really soon. So we'll be. We'll slowly be back into the swing of things. It's like it's kind of like the NFL and the NBA for us. Like that, like you know, we're in all season now. That you know, now it's training camp. You know, Iron Fist is our training camp. <laughs> and in a couple, and in a couple of weeks, we'll be fully into the regular season where we'll be doing recaps every week. But this week, we're only doing news. And boy, I'm happy we're only doing news this week because we had to do any recap episodes. We this podcast would be three hours because we have so much stuff to dive into. It was really really massive week in news when it comes to superhero television and movies we got a lot to get to let me first introduce you to our co-host joining me as always here in studio is shamari stewart shamari what are you looking forward to talking about today um i'm looking forward to talking about a lot of stuff Uh, i think the the thing that i'm most looking forward to talking about um is probably uh well we have some news from the joker movie so it's the first like kind of big uh news uh things we're, we're getting from the joker movie um and it's very interesting so i'm very very much looking forward to talking about it kendall is also uh with us uh you know doing the show from philadelphia kendall what are you uh looking forward to to bring to the table this week when it comes to hero talk well i'm i'm very excited to talk about um obviously the huge elephant in the room that uh henry cavill is no longer superman so I'm sure we'll talk about that very shortly, but that was uh, as shocking a bit of news that we've had in this industry in maybe years. I mean, we'll, we'll maybe have that discussion, but I can't think of more bigger stories than Henry Cavill being out of Superman uh, in this industry in a long time. I think the last big story like this was the merger between Disney and Fox. Yes, yes, the merger um, was huge. In regards to any individual person, not just like an entity. Affleck, um, maybe? Affleck leaving? Yeah. Or, Total, I, mean, I was going to say Affleck being cast. I mean, hired, it, yeah, either Affleck leaving was more such a, it was such a gradual. Like, yeah, like, yeah, we, he technically, he still, he still isn't out yet, technically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's still kind of weird. Don't, we don't know what's going on. Um, still. So that's fair. Um... Yeah, this is huge. This is a this was a uh you said elephant in the room for sure. This is a monster story. So we got that, but we also got a lot of other stuff too. Kashmari mentioned stuff about the Joker. Captain Marvel will finally get a trailer and some footage from that this week. Uh interesting stuff coming out of Titans, interesting notes coming out about the Supergirl movie. So plenty of stuff to talk about this week. I'm looking forward to uh, doing this we show. We finally got a rating for Venom. Yes, and we finally got an official rating for Venom. No surprise to anyone, it is PG-13. But uh, but some interesting notes kind of related to uh, that rating and what may, we may see 
after the movie um, moving forward. So plenty of stuff to get to. Let's talk, though, about, again, the biggest story, the massive monster story that we got this week that was first reported by The Hollywood Reporter and then pretty much got corroborated by a lot of other Hollywood sources that Henry Cavill is indeed out as Superman. The way The Hollywood Reporter uh, phrased their article, their story, and how this all broke down, it seems to have come down to um, a negotiation breakdown in regards to a Henry Cavill appearance in Shazam. That, along with an apparent change and shift in focus from a Man of Steel sequel to developing the Supergirl movie, seems to have been, at least according to these reports, the the the, the what caused this eventual split. Now, since this has happened, there's been kind of a lot of very ambiguous statements made by both parties. Uh, Cavill's manager, uh, Danny Rivera, said, you know, oh, well, you know, nothing really, you know, it does not jump out of the window yet. He still has the cape in his closet. And that WB will make have a statement out later that will clarify everything. And then WB put out a statement that clarified nothing. It didn't clarify a damn thing. All it said was that, um, we respect Henry Cavill and no decision has been made. That clarified zero. It was basically what we've heard Ben Affleck say for a year, a year now. They basically said what he said. Remember Ben Affleck? I kept saying all this time, he kept saying that I love Batman. And people get thinking that, oh, that's confirmation that he's going to be Batman. I'm like, that's not a statement at all. All he's saying is that I love Batman. Here, Warner Brothers is saying we respect Henry Cavill. And that was their statement in terms of what his future is as Superman. So... It seems like things are not going well. It doesn't seem like he will be Superman. And I, I, I do have to point out, because it's something that I've talked about on this show, but even on a larger note, I talked about on one of my first YouTube videos, when I talked about how DC could fix its movie franchises and what would be one of my major steps I would take. The first step was to fire Zack Snyder. One of my second major steps was to remove Henry Cavill as Superman. Because I thought that he represented failure. And it wasn't all his fault. But in order for people to to, to, to not believe that every movie you're going to do is going to be like the other ones you did. You had to remove the face of the franchise. And Cavill being Superman is the face of the franchise. So I say that to say while I thought this was eventually the place they had to go. Where it seems like this is heading, guys, I don't like where it's going. Um, I would not have done it in this way. I also feel like when I see these reports, if it is true that this stems from a negotiation issue revolving around Shazam, that tells me that one of these two parties was trying to run the hell away from the other one. And I can't, for the life of me, still, even though I had three or four days to kind of sit down and kind of cipher through it, which one I think was trying to run from the other. Because it's a business tactic that we see regularly that we see it in the sports. Kendall knows sports all the time, um, especially when it deals with, like, dealing with coaches or, like, front office people. You always come to the negotiation table and give them such a bad lowball offer that they want to quit. And, and that's your way of kind of parting ways with them. That's almost like your way of firing them, right? giving them such a, a lowball offer to come back that you know they won't take it and never really coming to any kind of anywhere near close to an agreement that you know that they would even uh, 
you know, consider, that's like your way of firing them without actually firing them. On the other hand, I think of Henry Cavill, and I feel like this also could have been an issue, which I think I, I alluded to this on Twitter. It kind of reminds me of if you're in a relationship with your significant other and you've had it and you're just waiting for that time to just blow up and leave and she tells you it's your time to or he tells you it's your time to wash the dishes and you say no it's not it's not my time to wash the dishes you guys get a fight over washing the dishes and you end up just splitting over that because this is what this is i don't understand to me to me there clearly wasn't an importance on one of these sides efforts and maybe on both sides but definitely one side it was not important for Cavill to be in the cape anymore because there's no way a cameo in Shazam that somehow leads to there being no Superman in the universe like that's that's a leap that that means that this has been something that's been in the work or been thought about for a long time and then they decide that this would be the place where they would do it and and to, to going going off of that yeah, developing a Supergirl movie is no is nothing that would require Cavill to be out as Superman. Exactly. You know, so nothing nothing that they've said as you know being quote unquote reasons for Cavill to be removed are real reasons for him to be removed. If anything, developing a Supergirl movie means you need to you have need a, Superman a Superman involved. Yeah. So it doesn't nothing. None of this makes any sense. So you're right. There has to be something else that we don't know about. Um, now, you know. Now, I didn't. I didn't mind Cavill as Superman. I enjoyed Man of Steel a lot. It's um, important to put. You know, it's important to put the scoreboard out in terms of where we stand with Man of Steel and Cavill because, yeah. and a lot of he's a were, very polarizing. Superman. Yeah, and a lot of people were looking forward to Man of Steel too. Right. There was a lot of excitement and speculation with regards to Man of Steel two. People were like, "When is Man of Steel two coming mm-hmm. out?" And now they're just dropping that. There's no more Cavill, and it's like, so is it never coming out? Like, what is what's going on? So I mean. It's very, you know, it's 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 weird that this had to happen. You know, it's very it's very strange that this had to happen. I mean, this is coming off of Justice League where we all know there was an issue with the whole facial thing. And though people seem to like him better in Justice League, which is which makes this even more odd. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a very strange situation. Um uh so so yeah, this is very weird. I mean, I know Cavill recently got a gig with with Netflix to do a Witcher series based off of the video game, the series The Witcher, and he's coming off of a, apparently a spectacular performance in Mission Impossible as well. So, um, so yeah, this is. I mean, he's he's you know actively doing other things. Um, so it also kind of makes you wonder. Okay, what ha- has he been preparing this? Is he the yeah. one <laughs> that is you know looking elsewhere to do other things uh, outside of this? Um, but then he made a post on Instagram with a video of a Superman doll, Superman toy, with uh, you know, with Beethoven in the background, with like dog barks and stuff. Is it's weird. No one really knows what it, exactly what it means. So it's very very unclear what is happening. Uh, I I hope that I I hope he's not out yet. I would like to see Man of Steel too. I would I would have and I would have liked to have seen him in in Shazam. I think that would have been a cool cameo. It would have been. Yeah. I think that would have been a very good idea, but. You know, who knows what's going on right now? Like I said before, it's important to, for I think anyone talking about Henry Cavill and the DCEU's version of Superman to put out the scoreboard in terms of who likes that character. Shamari is an ardent Man of Steel supporter. Right. Loves the movie. 
loves Cavill. I I feel like Man of Steel, the more I watch it, gets wor- worse and worse when I see it. I first thought it was pretty good, and I've come down to it being probably an average movie at best. And I hated Cavill's performance in Man of Steel. I did think he was much better in Justice League. But we didn't get a good Superman, I, I felt, until Justice League. I mean, excuse me, until Justice League, yeah. I didn't think we got him in BVS. I don't, definitely don't think we got one in Man of Steel. Kendall, I don't. I feel like you're kind of in the middle with us in regards to how you feel about this Cavill Superman character and how it's developed. What do you make of um, the kind of point Shamari's making? And something I also noted, too, uh, is that, to me, Cavill had been moving like a guy who wasn't committed to something other major project involving the DCEU. With all the projects he was signing on to, all the stuff he was doing outside of uh, the DCEU, he, w- the way we've seen other superhero actors move, the way we've seen Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., um, all these other heroes that have had to do multiple movies in a short time period, uh, now we've seen Tom Holland recently, we've seen that they're outside appearances have been very limited in other projects cavill seemed to be revving it up so do you think that maybe leans towards the side of maybe this was something cavill wanted in the end um i that's an interesting theory because you look at cavill and again a lot of this stems from the whole mission impossible uh issue with reshoots and them having to bring him back, but not have having to digitally uh, redo his, get rid of it, remove his, his mustache, and that that scheduling conflict that they had there with uh, I forget who does Mission Impossible. I forget which studio, Fox. Uh, I'm not sure. I want to say it was I 20 Universal. Maybe, yeah. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was Universal. But yeah, maybe, yeah. But regardless, the scheduling conflict that they had there with Mission Impossible, then kind of that was the first big uh issue that they had with henry cavill and his uh availability for the dceu and paramount, whenever those is who does uh paramount right right right, right. and whenever those those scheduling conflicts and those availability issues come out that's when that's when these studios start to think to themselves should we move forward with this guy in general um so from that perspective, I do wonder if maybe Warner Brothers said to themselves, it's not worth it if this guy's going to keep signing up for other movies. Uh, if he's not a moneymaker like he should be, and we're paying him this amount of money, is it even worth it for us to have this guy who's not fully committed? So there's also, it could go both ways with that theory, because um, I think there's value for both people in parting ways at this point, uh, or both sides for parting ways. In terms of how I feel about it, um, I'm very much in the middle with Man of Steel. It was kind of a boring movie. Uh, I could see how people like it. Um, I liked Henry Cavill in the movie. I thought he was a good Superman. I thought he's been a good Superman. Uh, but I wasn't a huge fan of the movie. Now, regardless of how you feel about Henry Cavill or how you feel about Man of Steel, I can't see how you can think that this is good news. Only because I don't think that the DCEU can, unless they're blowing it up, which I haven't gotten the indication that they're completely blowing it up yet. Because we still have Aquaman coming out in a couple months and Wonder Woman in 1984 is coming out next year and 
they're not going to do anything with that franchise for what I understand, from what I understand. So assuming they're not blowing it up, I don't know how you can move in the DCEU without a Superman, unless you're going to recast Superman and recasting Superman. One seems like that's a move that they're not going to do for a long time because they're planning on putting out Supergirl before they even think about doing Superman. Mm-hmm. And two, that causes all kind of continuity errors that maybe they're not they're not worried about. But when you already have a guy in Henry Cavill that's a fine Superman, you know maybe not incredible, but we've seen worse. Uh, I I'd argue Brandon Routh was worse. <laughs> yeah, and you would be you would argue correctly. <laughs> exactly, and so for me. I don't think Henry Cavill was the issue in Justice League. I don't necessarily think that he was the singular issue in Man of Steel when there's a lot. And could he have been great? But there are a lot of factors that play. Yes, but there are a lot of factors that play into why a guy performs the way he does. Mm -hmm. And when you look at Batman v Superman, Justice League, Man of Steel, yes, Henry Cavill is a constant, but another constant is also very much Zack Snyder. Right. And I would have loved to have seen what Henry Cavill could have done with Zack Snyder not really in play as a director anymore. And we're not going to get that chance. Maybe it's for the better. But the only reason I say this isn't good news is because we're looking at a DC EU that we're mo- with, moving forward without Batman and Superman. We don't have a Batman. Yeah. We, we don't have a Superman. And effectively... You're doing what Fox or what what Marvel was dealing with with Fox, where they didn't have Spider Man and they didn't have the X Men and they had the Fantastic Four, but that was because they legally couldn't use those characters. Right. DC is saying we're not we're not going to use our two biggest characters because we can't get them right, so we're just going to focus on the other characters that way less pressure. There's way less pressure on these other characters to do right, and it's a lot easier to do them. So I, I, yeah, I don't get that logic. I don't think that that. I mean, I get it from the sense that we have to pull back because obviously Affleck and Cavill aren't working. But Cavill, I don't, again, I don't think he was the issue. Affleck, I can see how you want to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. It's more it's off the court stuff, for lack of a better term, off the field stuff that hurt that hurt Affleck's uh, potential as Batman. But when I look at Henry Cavill, I, I do understand the, the scheduling conflicts and the availability. But off, you know, behind the camera, he's been fairly consistent with DC. I mean, he's done three major movies for them. It's been very little issue besides the mustache issue with the reshoots. So, if we're, going, if we're only judging him on on this on on screen performance, I think he's been good enough to keep. Which is why, again, you have to ask: Was this from Henry Cavill's perspective? It doesn't seem like it. The way he's been acting on social media, and the way his people have been acting on social media. I mean, it. I mean, you're right. It, it's not, it seems to me like this is some kind of this is some kind of contractual disagreement, you know. And we and there have been reports that Cavill hasn't been satisfied with you know contracts that he's been getting, and there's been back and forth with that. I mean, because you're right. I mean, it doesn't really make sense, you know. I mean, you know, as bad as he, and you're right. You know, I mean, as bad as super, as bad as people think, you know, Justice League may have been, you know, it was a huge disappointment. Right after Justice League, you announce a new DC universe with the multiverse, and then the first thing you do is get rid of Superman. Like that—that's—that's right. too—that's too much. That's yeah. too jarring. It's not—it's not like you're getting rid of Cyborg. 
You're getting rid of Superman? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that that's like... That's saying he's off the table right. for five plus years. Yeah, for who knows? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's where, when I said at the top of the show, while I have been one who has been in support of eventually getting to this place where you remove Cavill, because I personally, and I still feel that DC, it's going to be very difficult for them to ever move away from the stench of what they have established with Cavill as the face with him still there. I personally, because of the situation, I would have liked to have seen what Cavill could have done away from Zack Snyder. I agree with Kendall. I tend to believe that, and from what we've learned, that a lot of that Superman stuff we saw in Justice League was reshot, obviously, and that would have been reshot with Josh Whedon. That Superman was great. That was an unbelievable Superman. It just, his face looked ridiculous. <laughs> but everything else about it was wonderful. And that's the Superman I've been wanting to see for five years now, six years now, since they casted him in the first place. But that's where I feel like, even though I've been on the on the on the on the on the place of saying they need to get rid of him, I can't fully support how DC has done this because one, I think I saw maybe the stupidest quote I've ever seen involving superhero movies within that story in the Hollywood Reporter. One of the Hollywood sources. I don't know, I'm assuming it was within the Warner Brothers camp, made the case that Superman is like James Bond and that you have to re you cannot have the same actor for a long period of time. You have to be nonsense. Him. Yeah, I heard I read that too and I was like, what? That is the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. And I, I, I mean I tell you guys, if that guy works at Warner Brothers, he needs to be removed from the situation immediately. I'm not saying he has to be fired and, and, and you no know, fired and gone, but he needs to be away from DC right. property. He can't be touching Superman or any of these other characters if that's what he thinks. He, Christopher Reeves is one of the most iconic actors we have in the history of movie making, and it's because he was one hero for like two decades. For he was Superman, not just one hero. He was the guy the guy was talking about. Like that was one of the more monumentally dumb statements I've seen uttered in a article involving this kind of stuff that we got and the fact that that guy is supposed to be an insider or someone who works at one of these hollywood companies and that's his take on it that scares the hell out of me if that's someone from warner brothers so one okay if that's from warner brothers thinking that we need to get rid of superman just because people get tired of superman every now every couple of years that's not a way good way to think about it number two as you guys said if the way I would have done this if we were going to get rid of him, which is what I would have eventually got to. One, I would have not done Justice League. I would have just canceled the movie, pushed it back, and said we're going with another Superman. And then we do a Man of Steel 2 with someone different or doing another Superman. But you have to you have to immediately... Well, if you're going to get rid of Cal, you have to immediately have a replacement in tow. Not only do you have to have that replacement in tow, but you also have to have whatever his next involvement is going to be already ready to go. You have to say... Not only, okay, we're moving on from Capitol for whatever reason, but we have this guy who's going to be Superman now, and he's going to be in this movie. Even if you say you can't do Superman, the idea that you're going to just say, hey, people, forget about Superman for the next, I don't know, whenever. We don't know when we're ever going to do Superman again. And just worry about these other characters when he's your principal character, especially when you don't have a Batman still, is just not a smart way to do business. And... When I go back and forth about, okay, who who led this dance first? It makes you think, well, maybe Cavill did, and he caught them off guard. Because how could you be caught this off guard and it looked this bad? For a move that I think 
had they made it after BVS, would have been applauded. Like, this is not a move. And I think they made it over Justice League would have been applauded. I think it's the, it's the way this rollout happened that led to what I think has been a more overwhelmingly uh, disappointing reaction. I polled people nah. amongst I know on Instagram. It was 50-50, which I thought was crazy. <laughs> um, in terms of the Instagram poll you have, which is a very small sample size amongst my followers. But the fact that went right down the middle, I think, says everything you need to know about this Henry Cavill and this Superman character. Ironically, most of the women didn't like him. Most of the men now, supported him. For me, two more things that I that I that I have on this are that one, when I look at the Supergirl movie, mm-hmm. I, I look at they're saying Superman is again off the table for the future. We have no Superman, but they want to move forward with Supergirl and they want to focus with Supergirl. I can see them wanting to focus on Supergirl. The same way Marvel's like, you know what? We're not going to do an Iron Man movie. We're just going to focus on Spider-Man for now on. And you know what? They used Robert Downey Jr. as as instead of doing Iron Man 4, they were like, we're going to put Robert Downey Jr. in Spider-Man Homecoming in a minimal role. That's what they should have done with Henry Cavill and Absolutely. Supergirl. And people would have been fine with that. There's no pressure on Henry Cavill. He's not great. There's no way he could have not been good. Because, again, the role would have would not, would not have been... It wouldn't have expensive. demanded much, yeah. It wouldn't have demanded much. It would have just been a cool cameo-type, if he, you know, he's mentor-type role where the pressure is on the actress that's playing Supergirl. And if she's not good, that's where the movie falls apart. Um, so that's how they should have in- integrated... Uh, Superman into that Supergirl movie, but now that Supergirl movie is now going to be dealing with a, a scenario where we don't have Superman. Now, again, maybe the timeline will be done in a way in which Supergirl comes before Superman, which I don't know how I feel about that if that is the case, but if she's after Superman, which I would think would be the case, then it's just going to be weird having no Superman, having Superman not referenced, or maybe it's referenced but not shown, as if it's like some TV budget type thing. And I, I, that makes no sense for me. And secondly, I think we also have to talk about the other giant elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. When EJ talks about uh, needing, needing to have a replacement in tow, there was also the report that Michael B. Jordan's a huge candidate right now to replace Henry Cavill as Superman. And I don't think that that was a coincidence. No. I, I don't think that that came out uh, accidentally from Warner Brothers. I think they, they intentionally put Michael B. Jordan out there to gauge the reaction and to one to gauge the reaction and the two get a reaction out of people. Um, I think it was supposed to, I think it was supposed to, it was supposed to get a, a reaction, but I also think it was supposed to lessen the blow. Whether right. it did, I'm not sure yet. I think that's bad. Uh, I think that's bad business. I would agree if that was if what they were trying that to was do. Gonna, if you think that was going to lessen the blow. Right. I agree. If that's what they were trying to do, but we are, Three black men, I following black Twitter, they were hyped about that decision. Yeah, there were some people that were hyped. Um, I'd say the overall fandom, we had your typical conversation we have when we talk about changing the race of a hero that has been white for decades. It did not go well. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, and, and maybe Warner Brothers measured that and maybe just didn't, I think they were hoping for the black... That's a, see, here's the thing about the cat, the, the, the Michael B. Jordan thing, which I, Kendall's right, is the other huge elephant in the room. 
Okay, I go back to my criteria. Number one, I've always said, and something that Mark Bernard, as I said a couple weeks ago, really wrote eloquently in a uh, piece, I think it was, I want to say it was in the Atlantic, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, we did op better on, on, you know, why Bruce Wayne could be, bad, could be black but not, or why James Bond could be black but not Bruce Wayne. And essentially going by what I've said for years, is that as long as the character, there isn't anything about the character that innately requires him to be of a specific race because of his upbringing, because of who his parents are, because of his circumstances, whatever that may be, then really any of these characters are up to, for, for fair play. So if you do that line with Superman, okay, okay, well, he's an alien. Um, Krypton has people of all different colors from what we've seen. Uh, I know early on it's been mostly white people, but since they've been drawings and writings with Krypton, it, it could be anybody who's what uh no anybody who white or black on the planet okay so that's one strike against <laughs> the idea he only can be white okay he grew up in kansas okay that seems like a strike against him being black but there are some black people in kansas obviously and he is adopted so there's another strike you can still have old pa and martha can't be white if you still wanted to do that um so there's strike two I think that Superman falls under that line. If you wanted to make him black, you could do it and not ruin the canon or change the canon dramatically. The question is to me, is it one, is it worth it? And two, is this patronizing if you're giving me Michael B. Jordan? Because that's the second issue is the more of the issue I have. Because to me, this looks like, oh, let's just get the black guy that everybody loved in Black Panther. And just turn him into Superman. Like, it's... I mean, yeah, like, I could be wrong. Like it you, looks I, mad lazy. Because like Michael B. Jordan's a great day, actor, EJ. and there's nothing about him that, to me, thinks Superman. I told you the other day, EJ. It, it almost sounds like they're trying to win the black vote. I'm just trying to... That's and, what I said before. Yeah. I was like, gauging black Twitter's reaction, they were more for it. It's like, what I, as it, far as what I saw. It's like if 10 years ago they were like, Denzel Washington's going to be Superman now. Right. It could have been, yeah, after Denzel does training day, like Denzel Superman. You're like, I mean, progress, great. I'm never going to be against that. But when you have a struggling, when you're a struggling franchise that seems to be out of touch with what the fans want, and you make a move like that, I'm always going to be a lot more skeptical of whether it's genuine. See, I, I wonder if this, uh, I wonder, and I don't know if that they're this savvy, but I wonder if this has if this is following, you know, following Krypton, in which we had a black Zot, which was excellent, yes. and that was suc- that was successful, that was excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they paid any attention to that, and we're like, oh, well, maybe, you know, that we can just have a black Superman, you know, maybe maybe that'll work, you know, maybe people seem to be okay with it. No one was go- outraged that there was a black Zod. No one. Really, people were totally on board with it across the board. If everyone was on board with it, um, and uh, another thing, when I see a lot of people posting this, I see a lot of people pointing out that there is a black Superman in a different universe. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, but there is Clark a black Kent. Superman. Right. Or it's not Kal El. Yeah, it's not Kal El, but there's a black Superman. Right. So I mean, there is a black Superman. They it doesn't even have to be, you know, Kal El. Right. It, it doesn't have to be the same story, really, if they wanted to go that route. Uh, so I mean, there's there's different things that they could do with us. I mean, Kendall, and I guess I live to you, Sham. I mean, am I am I wrong to feel how I feel about them targeting Michael B. Jordan for this? 
Like, or or should I just be like, you know what? No, this is progress is progress. And I should give them the benefit of the doubt on this uh, because I, I'm t- I, I, I want to support it, but again, with this, with this company's f- frustratingly, uh, a frustrating struggles with PR, and again, knowing what the fans want and kind of getting the pulse of what people want. And the cultural phenomenon Black Panther was. And as hot as Michael B. Jordan is, women would say physically, <laughs> but also, I mean, just in regards to how hot his name is in terms of how the great work that, that that brother's doing, there's something about this that just smells fishy to me. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I feel... Um, I don't think it's, you know, and I'm not saying you're making it out to be like this, EJ. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting any words right. in your mouth. Sure, but I I don't see any kind of nefarious, you know, ness from DC mm-hmm. or any kind of. Um, I mean, I think at worst it may have been short sighted. I mean that that's how I feel. Maybe, right. but I honestly think you know when you think of. I think they they took you know a graph or just st- I think they had a stats guy just like a stats best black actor out there right now you know talented you know fit can play the role looks the part yeah can I mean, do he, it he's a five tool player he's you know <laughs> Michael yeah. B Jordan is Michael B Jordan Chadwick Boseman like he checks all Boseman's the boxes, Black yeah. Panther right now you know Jordan was killed in the Marvel Cinematic Universe you know who can we get. I mean, it's Michael B. Jordan, you know, like he's kind of the he's the first person that comes to mind, and I mean, if I would be, I wouldn't say I'd, look, I, I'd I would threw be, another name out there. Yeah, I mean, I would I, I would be a little bit shocked if they weren't looking at him. To be completely honest with you, you know, I I, I, I threw another name out there for EJ or to EJ earlier in the week, um, but I think a better guy than Michael B. Jordan for me because one thing the one thing about Michael B. Jordan that is weird about this is that we can't forget that Michael B. Jordan is also the same guy that they tried to do this with at 20th Century Fox. And while he wasn't bad, yeah. he was fine in the role of Johnny Storm, it fell flat on his face. And that was right. not, it wouldn't be nearly as controversial as Superman, but for, in, in comparison, in terms of relative to their uh, stature, that was also a hugely controversial story. Mm-hmm. And so, with that in mind, the guy that I would be looking at if I were Warner Brothers is The Rock. I I know they casted him obviously as Black Adam. I don't know if that'll ever come out. Um, but I think if you did The Rock as Superman, it wouldn't be nearly as controversial. Um, now, are they worried? Do they want the controversy? Maybe they do. Are they worried about the controversy? Maybe they're not. But I think in terms of the character he'd be playing, in terms of uh, likability, um, it wouldn't be nearly as polarizing uh, for all parties. I, I think, and I think all people would get behind it. I mean, all people, eighty-five percent of people I, would get behind it. I agree with Kendall. I think The Rock makes more sense for man for me. He'd have to tone down the rockness about him a little bit, but what bothered me about Cavill was how dead of a character he played to me for two movies. He played a Superman with no charisma. Zero. And I think 
we all joke about how Superman is so buttoned up and like when we compare him to Batman. But like Superman is super charismatic. If you read Superman comics, you watch Superman cartoons, like he's way more charismatic than he gets credit for. And I don't think Zack Snyder knew what the hell he was doing with those first two movies with how he directed Cavill to play that character. In the first movie, Cavill barely speaks when he's Superman. What's his name is talking smack to him and he's just saying nothing, which is just not like Superman at all. Um, the Rock could bring that charisma. He'd have to turn it to a five. He's at, if he's at a ten, he'd have to turn it to a five. He could bring that charisma to the character that wasn't there. And I think that I would probably I wouldn't make him a, a new Superman. He'd be like a older Superman, not older, but like in the prime of his career. He'd be Superman who's been Superman for five, ten years because he's too old, I think, to show up. And, and now he's Superman. But I agree. I think The Rock would have made more sense if you were going to go that route. Or we're going to try and find a black actor. Michael B. Jordan's a superstar. I cannot trust that enough. My feelings about him possibly being Superman have zero to do with him. And if they do go with that casting, at the end of the day, I still will celebrate it because we will have a black Superman, which is something that I would never see, thought I would ever see in my entire life. It's just how we got there and how we may get there that's bothersome to me a little bit. Because I feel like there's a, 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 a movie studio that's desperate for good PR. And it, it, just, it just seems lazy to me. Like, to me, you could find a black actor who makes more sense to be Superman than Michael B. Jordan. It seems like you just, like, we joke about how in college basketball, Shamar, you know, because you're a Duke fan, how right now Coach K is just going on to Rivals.com and picking the top three guys. I feel like that's what that's what DC is did with this. But I also feel like this is not anywhere close to happening. Like, I feel like this was done, which is also probably why I have this a little bit, I'm a little spicy with how I feel about DC and this Michael B. Jordan stuff. is because... I feel like this was done only to try to mitigate this this Henry Cavill thing. Because you're telling me there's no Superman that's nowhere near close to coming out, yet you have an actor? Those yeah, you have an actor any, that you... Those two things you, don't make any sense. Uh, we plan to go after this guy after Supergirl's done. Yeah, we're, we're not what? making Superman movies for several years several years from now, but we have an actor. What? When have, since we've been doing covering movies, have, has that ever been the case? Yeah. That makes zero sense. Yeah, that, you know, these companies, any multi-million dollar, billion dollar company, we see it in sports, we see it in movies, we see it in politics. A lot of moves are done years in advance. Exactly. So I understand that. They, I'm sure they, I'm sure internally they are having discussions about who would play Superman. But that shouldn't get out to the media unless you want it to get out to the media. You know, I'm sure Marvel, like we always talk about Kevin Feige, you know, I'm sure Marvel's had multiple internal discussions about who's going to play Wolverine, who's yeah. going to play oh, yeah. Reed Richard. They have a big board of actors that they're going to contact, a short list of people, but we don't hear about it because they don't want it to get out. They don't care for it to get out. They're not trying to win the press. They're not trying to win the, the, the back pages, for lack of a better term. They're not trying to win the headlines. Warner Brothers intentionally got this out to, again, spark some sort of reaction, uh, a reaction that I think that they... Probably, I think, overrated, but... I agree. And at, at the end of the day, and we've talked about this with Warner Brothers for years, and if this if what we're saying is true, they clearly still haven't learned. You can do all this smoke and mirrors in the press about this guy's going to play this guy, this movie's looking like this. If the movie comes out and it's bad, it doesn't matter. Right. 
it's you know it's it's the classic in sports you have a coach and players that talk wild in the media (laughs) and in the press about we're the best team in the league we got the best defense you know rex ryan with the jets but if you go out there and you lose every week you get the fans are going to turn on you you're going to be fired you're going to be out of a job the end of the day you got to win games and dc has not been able to win more more times than less so for me this means nothing to me this michael b jordan uh clickbait for lack of a better term we could spend two hours talking about superman um because i don't know if i've still even gotten to every single take i have on this cable thing it shows you how big a story this is um it is appropriately a massive story that is being covered because there's so many twists and turns to it we'll continue to follow it and see what happens i'm gonna throw this out there to my last scolding hot take here i do believe that Cavill may still end up being Superman. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like... I agree, because I think there's no reason to recast him. I agree, too. Wow. Maybe it wasn't as hot as I thought it was. Um, Because everybody seems to think this is dead. Uh, I think that there will not be a Superman movie anytime soon. I agree with that, too. But I do feel like actors' moments are much smaller than we think. It's funny. I was thinking about this the other day because I was thinking about, ironically, yesterday I went to a Child's Gambino concert, the This Is America tour. Awesome show, if you're thinking about going. And I thought about, wow, this is Gambino's moment. And then I thought about how many, and then kind of seeing the stuff that happened with Eminem this week, with his beef with MGK, uh, and thinking like, wow, like artists only have snapshot moments and like we think that, in, in our heads, they last forever, but in, in, in reality, they're so short. And actors are kind of the same. Some are timeless. Helen Mirren, timeless. You know, uh, Denzel, timeless. Like, there's some people that, like, they could they could do movies for 30, 50, 40 Morgan years. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. I mean, they're just icons, and it doesn't matter. But most actors, the, even the biggest actors, Angelina Jolie, moment was small. It was a short time period. Every single one of them, pretty much. For Cavill, his moment, he, he's in a moment right now. What he, The stuff he's done, he's done great work. Obviously, the Mission Impossible stuff, and people are trying to tap him for more projects. But three or four years from now, it might not look as bright as it looks right now. He walked away from the Superman bag today because of what he thinks he's worth. But what he's worth three years from now may be a lot different. And if DC, knowing how they operate... Is still kind of spinning his wheels, not knowing who Superman is. I would not be completely shocked if they come back to the table. I still also wouldn't be completely shocked if he comes back even relatively soon and they get something done. Because I don't quite understand what the why there was this like mad rush from his management team to be like, oh wait, no, he's not. He may still be Superman. Don't panic. Like. I, I feel like, again, it seems like someone was trying to run away from the other and maybe cooler heads will prevail eventually and that they will actually get back together. If I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say maybe 35. I think it's pretty good. Like, considering right now he's not Superman. Uh, I think that that's very possible. But let's move on now. We'll try to get to the rest of these stories not maximum as much time on all of them. We want to get to all of them because there's a lot to get to this week. 
let's talk about the Joker set pictures, guys. So, um, the Joker movie coming out, being directed by Todd Phillips, produced by Martin Scorsese, uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix. We had our first set photos get released this week, and they're not much. There's not much to them. A lot of them are just. It seems like Joker in an alley. Some of the pictures he's with a clown, uh, fixing his nose in one picture. But we do see some of that smile, and we see this look that we're gonna see from. I think his name is Alan, the character, I believe. I, don't I think know. that's what no Tom clue. Was. Huh, what was that? No, but yeah, no clue. Yeah, I believe Todd Phillips referred to the kid guy. The guy's name is Alan. Um, in the uh, in his uh, Instagram post. But uh, let me see. I'm trying to see. If I can pull it up. No, Arthur. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So this is Arthur, who that's gonna be the Joker's name, I suppose, in this movie. I gotta say, I'm very intrigued by this. I I think that I like the look they're going for. It's like this, like, he kind of has this creepy, like, I don't know how to describe it. But he just has that, that, that middle-aged creepy look to a guy that I could see eventually becoming the Joker. He's got this, like, he's kind of balding, but he has this long hair. And it's like he should have been cut that mullet a long time ago. He's got this kind of dingy jacket. He's got, a, you know, Joaquin, he looks great when he's on, you know, uh, you know, uh, red carpet or you know at an event you know which is where most of the time we see him but like here he looks kind of worn down he's got you know he's he's very um what's the word i would use um he has very strong facial features and it shot well in his cheekbones and things like that so this person eventually becoming the joker i can 100 percent buy the set picture you see he's walking down the street with a cigarette i feel like this character is gonna have a lot more swagger than i anticipated I think he's gonna be creepy, but I think he's also gonna be a little bit more of a of a of a wise ass, so to speak. And I I, I like where this is going. I'm I'm, I'm very intrigued. And I, it's rare that set photos get me this excited, especially for a movie that's not. There's no costume involved here. There's no, uh, you know, seeing how a character looks in their costume for the first time. There's there's none of that being involved. There's no CGI involved. It's just really just a guy and just kind of like how he's carrying himself in photos. And I kind of dig it. When is this movie supposed to come out? Uh, is there even a date? I don't know. Did they, did they announce I don't a know date? If a date has, I mean, I'm sure there's been like, it's a slate okay. to come out here, but I don't know. I don't think a date has been announced. It's not on the calendar for the next right. two years. They're already shooting, apparently. So that, that's got, the thing about that, too. Photos, I was like, that's, it's got to be soon. Yeah, because, I mean, we got set photos. We got, you know. But, um, but yeah, this is, yeah, these photos have me very intrigued. I agree with you, EJ. I mean, I like his look a lot. He has a really, you're right, he has a really, like, creepy, like, middle-aged, you know, but, and I like that he look is very, um, and this is very Joker, too, it's very simple, you know, just a button-up, you know, shirt, and just a small jacket, you know, very scrawny, very un, very unassuming, you know, uh, but yet he's, you know, messing with this clown and smiling in his face. A lot of very creepy things, but, you know, so I, I'm, you know, this is just, guess, I'm guessing this guy is going to be, you know, kind of weird, kind of creepy, but, you know, nothing out of the ordinary until something sets him over the edge. And, and you know, we'll find out exactly what that something is during the movie. Um, the movie yeah. comes out in October, by the way, 2019. Right. Yes. I figured it, it figured it had to be coming up soon. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I like that. I like his look a lot. I can very, very much see that kind of look easily translating eventually into a Joker. And, um, I could also see this movie 
being great without him necessarily playing quote unquote the Joker like at all, right? Even you know, <laughs> I mean, if it's his origin and if it's really good, I mean, it could be good without without even having that character. It could just be you know showing him and how how this transformation happened and everything leading up to it. I mean, we already have scenes with him and you know weird clown weird thuggish looking clown <laughs> clown guys in alleys i mean this is this is looking very bizarre but also very creepy and very intriguing so i this is very very good stuff i'm liking what i'm seeing here yeah i i can't tell if we're gonna get um a killing joke type of story but in terms of uh look i get a lot of i get a lot of jim carrey vibes i do too um, yeah, like an old school Jim Carrey, who, uh, by the way, is resurfacing because uh, he's gonna be playing Eggman in the new Sonic movie. So we haven't seen that guy. I feel like in ages, but I'm I'm getting um, I'm definitely getting Jim Carrey vibes from this character. Um, I, it's certainly not the look that I expected. Um, all the talk that I I've heard in the last couple of weeks is that Joaquin Phoenix has lost a lot of weight and. He's really trying to get into this role, and I mean, you can definitely see he's, he's a smaller guy. Um, I don't know. I, I'm still not 100% sure what type of character they're going to ask him to play. It seems like, again, it's going to be a goofier type of character. Uh, and then obviously the Joker is a dark character, so you would think that it'll turn at some point. I'm interested to see what the tone of the movie will be, and we won't really get that until we get a trailer. But mm-hmm. um, will this be a horror movie? Will it be uh, a tragedy? You know, there are different ways in which you can do this story. And like Shamari mentioned, the other interesting wrinkle would be how much of the Joker will we actually get? Because we have this first official look at Joker um, from Todd Phillips, but is that going to be the character we see for 75% of the movie, 95% of the movie, 50% of the movie? That's a big deal into what this movie can be. I agree with Shamari that it can be good without the Joker uh, or without him becoming the Joker at all. But will they be handcuffing themselves from a financial box office perspective by not having the Joker in this movie and by not marketing the Joker in this movie? Because if you market this a Joker movie and it's just some guy that looks like Jim Carrey in all the trailers and all the all the marketing, does that hurt the upside of this movie? I kind of feel like it does. So I do wonder if this is going to be the marketing campaign that they're rolling out or if this is just a tease and that we will get more of, we will get a shot of him at the Joker before the movie comes out, maybe in the trailers, things of that nature. That's what I'm interested to see. I think there definitely is a good question to be asked about what is the actual Joker's involvement in the movie? How much of him do we see? How much of it is marketed that we will see? I think that's a very good point. Not something I really considered. The movie is called Joker. And maybe they feel like that name is alone enough. and putting yeah. that DC imprint on it will bring people out. I also get the feeling though that this might not be a movie that they're kind of going for the critical i mean the, the commercial acclaim i don't know what logan did but i didn't get the impression that logan was ever trying to get a lot of people to the movies like they want to make some money but i don't I they made it rated r for a reason but yeah they made it rated r 
and they didn't market the movie until like two months before it came out at all. Again, the craziest marketing campaign I've ever seen. And then, then the marketing campaign they did those two months out were great. It was up into it, but it was a very different feel. It was not going for your popcorn superhero movie usual audience. That was not what they were going for with that. And I think it worked. To, and then it ended up working to its favor. I think. I feel like this may be the same thing with DC. I think that this they may end up doing a similar thing. This may end up being like their Joker. I mean, excuse me, their Logan. And I'd be okay with that. I think that DC has clearly went one way only in regards to their movies. And Marvel has only gone one way. Not to, I'm not trying to diss DC in this regard, but they've only gone for the popcorn, big box office type movies. And if they want to go a different route here, I'm all for it. I'm for it as well. I mean, I mean, I definitely think you're right about that. I mean, they they definitely seem to be, um, you know, going for a different... Uh, going for a different kind of vibe um i think they may lose out on you know not even may i think they they would certainly lose out on uh people if they didn't market this as like actually being like a joker movie the way it's not similar to how they marketed the dark knight as a joker movie suicide squad also yeah and harley quinn joker yeah Uh, so i mean they got a lot of people to show up um for that reason alone um you know, and I and I think that's true. Though I also think you can you, I think you can market it as a Joker movie but without without having him in makeup. You know yeah, what I mean? I think you can too. You know, I think you can do that because I mean, even in these set photos, you see him, you know, messing with a clown. You know, a big this th- yeah big guy that's a clown. I mean, that's very Joker. I mean, it's very Joker. Yeah. I mean, you could do have other things that are like the joke that you know indicate that this is the Joker or has to do with the Joker, even though even if you don't see him in the makeup, kind of like with Jerome and Gotham. Exactly. You know, even though he interesting, yeah, you know, eventually ended up looking a lot like um, uh, what's his name, uh, the Joker from uh, the Dark Knight. Yeah, but he know, never he never puts the face. But on. yeah, he never put the mat the, the the face paint on or anything like that. So, so yeah, I mean, I think they, I think they, they'll, I think they'll figure this out. I don't, I don't think they'll have any issues um, marketing the movie as a Joker movie, and the title is Joker. So I think that helps as well. Let's go to. Uh, news about the Captain Marvel movie. So we had we talked about it before the Jennings last week, the major uh, Entertainment Weekly cover spread that they did on the movie. Now we got word that this upcoming Tuesday will be a trailer for this movie. If you're listening to this podcast later in the week, you may have already seen the trailer. So apologies if we aren't able to actually comment on the trailer that you've seen after since you listen to this podcast. But we will quickly try to preview what we're looking forward to about it. I'm a little bummed that it's coming out on Tuesday because it's one day away from my off day where I could have maybe done a recap for you guys. But something I talked about this, we talked about this last week, and I was like, when are they going to do a trailer? And I said, I kind of feel like we were beginning to get late in the game. And you guys thought I was wrong on that. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if this, I don't think this proves anything. But I do think it's interesting now, a week later, that we are finally getting a trailer. I mean, we've seen no footage. Like that, to me, is still a little crazy. Yeah, we've seen nothing, and you know, until that Entertainment Weekly, we've heard nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so there's been nothing but silence from Captain Marvel. But I'm very, very excited that we're getting a trailer now. Um, I mean, honestly, I just want to see, I just want to see this this new character, um, just the main character, and it's the same thing with all the other 
um, you know, origin movies. Um, Captain America, I wanted to see Chris Evans as Captain America. Doctor Strange, well, I want to see Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. In this movie, I want to see what what uh, Brie Larson looks like as Captain Marvel. That's the thing that I'm most looking forward to seeing. And, you know, of course, I want to see how what they do with the effects as well, with Captain Marvel and with the scrolls. And with, um, I'm hoping we get a shot of Coulson and of Nick Fury. I'm hoping for at least one shot of both of them. If we will, not, we will get them. If not, at least one of them. We'll get, we'll get Fury. Yeah, I feel like we have to get Fury. But you know, um, and hopefully we get you know some kind of explanation as to what um, the movie's about. I feel like a lot of people are curious and aren't that aren't as familiar with the character. Uh, we can get, we can get, uh, we can get a, an explanation of what of what this movie is going what is going to be like seeing this movie and what kind of story we're in we're in for. Kendall? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I look at this uh, this Captain Marvel trailer, I'm gonna have to. There are a lot of things I'm gonna have to see. Uh, well, one, you want to you want to know what kind of trailer will this be? Will this be a thirty second tease? Will this be a minute fifteen, minute twenty teaser trailer? Will this be a minute? Sometimes you get these two minute teasers where it's a lot, but it's kind of contained. Um, so that'll that'll be the first thing. Assuming that it's probably somewhere in that middle area of a minute, a little over a minute, maybe. Um, you want to obviously see. You will get a lot of Brie Larson as Carol Danvers. Um, I'm sure we'll get a lot of the very very broad backstory of what the the movie's going to be about for people that aren't familiar with the backstory or with what the movie's going to be about. And I'm sure we'll get shots of her as Captain Marvel. I'm not... I, I think we'll get Nick Fury. I think we'll get uh, some of the other main characters that they've casted, some of the other bigger actors that they've casted. Uh, I don't know if we'll get any scrolls. I don't know if we'll get uh, too much of the actual conflict. Uh, but I just want to... It's one of those things where they have to start showing stuff. And... We're at that stage now, and I think it's ultimately going to end up being a good trailer because Marvel tends to always cut good trailers. But um, I wouldn't put too much pressure on this trailer because, again, it's the first one, still ways away from this movie coming out. Uh, So, I I mean, I'm excited. Certainly I'm excited because we haven't gotten anything Marvel seems like in forever. So... To see this, this will be the this will be the first of many Marvel updates that I think we'll have over the next five six months. Yeah, I think that in regard to this, um, I disagree a little bit that there's no pressure here. Me too. Uh, I I think there is pressure here. Um, this is Marvel has strategically kind of uh, painted. Captain Marvel, Brie Larson's character as the Calvary when it comes to the Avengers whatever Avengers 4 is and as the future, the face of Marvel whether or not the the vast majority of the audience kind of gets that when this trailer comes out maybe means that you're right but I think for the hardcore fans I, I think that, there, that you have to show us something and there has to be 
a okay if you're building this character and i think that the the fanboys and girls are ready for a breed to be that character i don't think there's been resistance i think we all love obviously cap and tony but there it seems like people are excited for what this is going to be because we know how great uh downey and and and, and uh, evans were i think there is pressure to kind of make this sure that this trailer hits the ground running fast i'm not saying you got to give the whole movie away it's got to be just the most unbelievable trailer ever but i don't think they can get away with kind of a lazy half-ass put together trailer especially for something like this which really i think spoilers really you shouldn't have to worry about spoilers too much with a trailer like this because of the movie if it was avengers or even civil war where like the outcome is very i mean the outcome here is a little like in flux is like okay well why has she been gone all these years but besides that they really i mean we know whatever the situation is she's gonna get out of it unscathed because she's gonna be in the next avengers movie so there really isn't much to be you should be afraid of showing us and, and no that isn't obviously major spoily areas so i think you should go all in i'm not again i'm not saying give everything away but for a character that you're putting so much behind and there's so much uh there's so much hoopla around what this character will mean for the marvel universe moving forward after avengers 4 i think you got it make a good impression and and hit a grand slam not hit a grand slam but hit a home run on this first trail i don't think that you can try to go for a measly single and think that people will be okay with that yeah i mean i kind of feel the same way um i mean i think that this trailer um and and not only that um everything that you said i i pretty much agree with but this is also kind of like this is marvel's first like major female lead as well yeah so I mean, coming off of Wonder Woman, which was you know spectacular, and now Marvel's doing Captain Marvel, who's a character that a lot of people don't even know. Wonder Woman, everybody knows. No one knows who Captain Marvel is. Well, I wouldn't say no one, but <laughs> no one that isn't in like to comics knows who, who Captain Marvel is. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, this is kind of a big deal, um, and and you have this this though you have a good actress, which is definitely going to help. So that that's going to bring in a lot of people regardless but you know people have to be sold on the story um so yeah i'm i'm and and also me like i'm you know i wouldn't say i'm nervous but i am like okay i mean like i haven't it's kind of similar to logan i haven't seen nothing i haven't heard nothing all i've got is set photos i know scrolls are in the movie and i know brie larson's the head and they they made nick fury and colson young but like outside of that i know nothing so i mean i still have kind of had to be sold on the movie like you know what's this movie? What's this movie going to be like? You know, is it going to be good? Is it going to be, you know, dramatic? Like I don't even know what kind of movie this is going to be. Is it a sci-fi flick? Is it like, I mean, I mean, like what kind of movie is it? I still don't know. So I mean, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Um, so this is this is definitely this trailer is definitely going to be a big thing. Uh, so I'm uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what they have to show us. Any last words on this, Kendall? Before we move on. Yeah, I mean. I guess for me, the only reason I don't feel like there's a whole lot of pressure is because it's only the first one. Um, and the most, no, I mean, they can, they can show a whole lot, but the most people are expecting is to see Captain Marvel, to get a bit of the story, and just to cut a good trailer. And for, I guess Marvel's done a good job of doing that so far. Uh, I mean, I guess we, we saw our first look at Captain Marvel in that uh, press release from Entertainment Weekly, but beyond that, we haven't gotten 
much from that character outside of set photos. So to see Captain Marvel, see Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, to see um, what her character comes from and what her background will be, those are the kind of things that I'll be looking for. Uh, but I just I won't ex- I I won't expect it to be a top five or ten Marvel trailer. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's a tough bar to hit, and but I don't think it's a failure if it doesn't hit that bar. Other news coming out this week in regards to uh, a character we talked a lot about earlier in the show already is Supergirl. Um, DC of course developing that movie. It seems like developing it. Uh, to replace Superman from <laughs> what the reports that we've even seen so far. Um, according to Superbro's movie writer Daniel RPK, it seems like they already have a villain in tow, and it's a character that we've all kind of demanded that we wanted to see from a future Superman movie, but we may be getting Brainiac in the Supergirl film. According to uh, Daniel, this is he's the favorite right now to be in it. Obviously, things can change, but uh, Right now, they're looking at a possible uh, villain involving Brainiac in Supergirl. Shamari, you were very high on the Brainiac we saw in Krypton. Are you looking forward to Brainiac possibly possibly being the main villain of a Supergirl movie? Um, I'm very high on this. I think this is a very very good idea. Um, you know, I'm high on seeing Brainiac in any you know movie. <laughs> you know, I just think he's a good villain. You know, I was in favor of seeing him in Man of Steel 2. If Man of Steel 2 isn't going to happen, or isn't going to happen anytime soon, um, then I'm in favor of seeing Brainiac in a Supergirl movie. I think Brainiac's a good villain for Superman or Supergirl. I think uh, this can be a very good... Um, uh, I think this is just... I think this would just be very, uh, very dramatic. Um, you know, and Brainiac was good in... Uh, Krypton, um, you know, in that movie, Brainiac, uh, that movie, in that show, Brainiac is the reason Krypton gets destroyed. Um, and in Injustice, I'm trying to think of what, ha- remember what happened in Injustice. I think it was very similar in Injustice. I, I don't, though, don't, don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly certain, but I know Supergirl had a thing in Injustice as well. In the Injustice 2 video game as well, uh, Brainiac, I believe so. Uh, but yeah, this you know, just seeing Brainiac in all these different mediums recently, um, you know, he's a very, very good villain. He was always one of my favorites, even going back to Superman show and Justice League in the Justice League uh, animated show. Um, Smallville. Smallville. <laughs> I mean, Brainiac is like a staple for me. He's always very. It's always just. You know, he's just a really tough villain. So, uh, I and I think it could be very, very intriguing, especially if they go the Krypton route. Of Brainiac is very much there and present, and is the reason for for uh, you know Krypton's destruction. Since Supergirl was alive and and was you know growing up on the planet at the time, this could be, end up being a very personal and very intense movie. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, no, I mean, Brainiac, he's a very good character. So, I generally, you're going to get excited. This will be, our, I guess, our first time seeing Brainiac as a main villain uh, of a movie. So, I mean, that's interesting. 
But I'll be honest. I don't think that this is a good fit. Um, one, Superman's not involved. So, again, I think that hurts the upside of the movie. Uh, and two, I do wonder if now we're getting a little too much Brainiac. Um, we got Brainiac in um, Krypton. We recently obviously saw Brainiac in Supergirl, the television series, and maybe we'll get more Brainiac in that show, although that seems unlikely now. And we got Brainiac, like you mentioned, in Injustice. Uh, there's plenty more opportunities to get Brainiac in other shows, whether it be Young Justice or other mediums. We've seen them a million times on the yeah. DC and, uh, animated. Uh, oh, I'm so, sorry to cut you off. And I forgot yes. he, he, he destroyed Krypton in um, Injustice also. That, that's right. why I remember playing the story. He mm-hmm. destroys Krypton right. there also. So I, I do wonder if now we're getting an oversaturation of Brainiac to the point where, I mean, Superman has a fairly large rules gallery where, I, I mean, he is somebody that they haven't done in the movies, but I don't know if I want to see Brainiac. I just don't know if that's the, the right fit. I mean, I'd want to see Brainiac if it were a Justice League movie or a Superman movie, but I don't know if I want to see Brainiac as a villain of a Supergirl movie, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, we all clamored for Brainiac to make an appearance in a uh, in a major movie um, involving Superman. Right now, obviously, that is very much up in the air. So this is probably the closest, next best thing, with the exception of maybe Brainiac being the villain of a Justice League movie. Uh, I kind of dig it because I think that for this character the villain the villain matters but I think the villain similar to what I talked about in uh, Birds of Prey where I think the villain shouldn't be someone who I'm looking to see like you know how hard Superman or Supergirl can punch Brainiac or whatever like I think the villain has to be more of a uh, circumstantial threat to where his harm to or towards others is even worse than his harm to the actual character itself, and that's what I think makes Brainiac great for a Kara Zor-El, who we understand is going to be probably a teenager. It may be set in the seventies. I could see how someone like Brainiac, being so far advanced technolo- uh, technologically, how much of an impact he could make, and seeing kind of Kara maybe have to like put out all these different fires, so to speak, just to kind of keep earth intact i think could be very interesting as opposed to saying oh let's just find a copycat villain like rain that she could he could just punch in the face for you know two hours and then that's your movie i think what brain what i always intrigued about brainiac brainiac was i thought that it it it, was the potential the, the potential threat you could create for that character in 2018 with the cgi you could do is endless so the threats he may cause the issues he may cause for Kara, it could be anything. Whereas with, obviously, again, if it's Rain or someone like that, it's like, okay, how hard is Rain going to punch Kara in the face and will she get back up? This is a lot different. This is a lot different of a villain. There's a part of me that feels like, I don't want to say he's being wasted, but like he's a super heavy hitter DC villain that's being used on who I would say is no larger than a B-list character. There is some disappointment for me in that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Brainiac to me should 
without question be the villain of a Superman movie. But this is where we're at. <laughs> this is the this is the road that DC is painted, and I'd rather have Brainiac in some movie than no movie. And I do think there are uh, interesting avenues they could they could uh, cross with him and uh, Kara doing battle. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing about you know Brainiac in fighting Supergirl, and I mean, and I know like you know, generally among us, I haven't been the biggest fan of Supergirl, the TV series, mm-hmm. but you know, Supergirl as a character, I like a lot, and I thought she was great in um, Injustice, you know, and um, and I could see I could see her movie, um. I mean, I could. I mean, the thing about Superman and Supergirl is like they have the same powers. Mm-hmm. So in terms of a fight between Superman, Superman and Brainiac, and Supergirl and Brainiac, you know, I don't really prefer one over the other. You know, because I see them possibly going very similarly, except Supergirl is younger. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's that's really the only difference for me. So I don't know. For me, I, I kind of see it as being the same thing, except with Supergirl. Except honestly, with Supergirl, it could even be be an even more of a personal thing because Supergirl actually witnessed Brainiac, you know, well, yeah. d- depending on you know what origin of <laughs> you know Krypton's destruction, I guess you believe. But Brainiac was, you know, in a lot of you know uh, interpretations, like the the the, ca- the one that caused the destruction of Krypton. So, like that, it could be even more of a personal battle for Supergirl than uh, even for Superman. So, I mean, I don't know. Though I see the fact that Brainiac has traditionally been a Superman villain. And that is, you know, everyone everyone wants to see Superman go up against Brainiac. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have no problem seeing Supergirl go up against Brainiac. I have no issue with that. Um, so, I don't know. For me, for me, it doesn't make any, doesn't really make a difference. Um yeah, for me, it really doesn't really make that much of a difference. I mean, I, w- I mean, I would still prefer to see Superman, but Supergirl, like for me, it, like that's really just as good. Uh, Kendall, what do you make of some of these rumors? Uh, the playlist reporting that the Supergirl movie likely to be set in the seventies would mean that Kara would arrive on Earth before Cal. Nah, that's whack. Um, <laughs> I don't want to see a nineteen seventy Supergirl. Uh, I mean that would I guess that would mean it's not in the DCEU. Uh, but DCEU doesn't exist. We have World of DC now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm not calling it that. Um, so if we're if we're talking the 1970s, I mean Brainiac should just like I mean he should dominate. <laughs> I mean, given the technology or lack thereof, you would think that Brainiac would be even more powerful. Uh, could there be no defenses? Um, I mean, in theory, I mean, it's just you know, the devil's advocate, and I agree with you, Kendall. But devil's advocate would say, well, there's there's so little technology in the world in general. Yeah, he can't, yeah he's not. Yeah, what's he's he not gonna, what's he going to take control of? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so then it would just be strictly a, a Brainiac versus Supergirl fight with no no military uh, inclusion, and I. I don't know. I don't want to see a 1970 Supergirl. I mean, unless you're going to tie it in with Wonder Woman somehow, which doesn't sound like that's what they're going to do if you're putting it in the 70s. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. We have a Supergirl television series. So I don't know if I even want a Supergirl movie. Um, 
but that's where we have now. That's where we're at. So you gotta live with it. I mean, I I don't know how I feel about the whole Kara coming in before Kalal. It, it just it's just so it's so different from the canon. It makes me kind of wonder. Well, one, it, to me, it's, if that's the case, I mean, this movie is standalone, which kind of goes back into my idea that they're just trying to make good movies and that they're not worried about continuity because, to me, in that kind of continuity, I mean, Superman wouldn't be as big a deal if there already was a character decades before doing the same thing. So, like, that diminishes the Superman character greatly in that mm-hmm. universe. Yeah. And which which is happening in DC. I mean, DC is diminishing Superman in their movie universe. So yeah. uh, it speaks to what is actually where the company stands right now. Um, I, you know, as someone who knows Superman's importance to comics, kind of looks at that and goes, eh, okay, that's where you want to go. But it still does not mean the movie can't be unbelievably dope. It could still be. But I just know that's a, a very bold move to make, to make that change. Yeah, that's super bold. And I don't... Um, I mean, I don't really want to see it. I don't know why they would go back to the 70s. I don't really see the purpose in it. Um, unless, like you were saying, they were just purposefully trying to just say Supergirl was here before Superman, and that's how it is in this canon, which, why does that have to be that way? You know? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that. I think they're, I, I think they're, I, the only thing I can think of is that they, you know, my whole, the whole thing we talked about when this movie came out was, as, as dope as this movie could be, it still felt like Supergirl to me always feels like a character that is under Superman's shadow. And what better way to take her from out of, out underneath his shadow than to just make him not exist? Yeah, and that's. I'm not saying that's the right way to go. Okay, give me that crazy look. I'm like, I get what you're saying. I get what you mean in that look. I'm just saying this is what maybe they're coming to the conclusion of. It's like, how do we make this to where she's not? a sidekick of Superman or feels like people are saying where Superman could come out it's like well just remove him from the equation how do you do that without potentially without removing any possibility that they could come together it's like well we just make her come before he does right uh, yeah I, I hear what you're saying um yeah I don't know I think just in general it's just, all I, this playing yeah, with all, fire yeah all of this I don't like any of this all of this playing yeah, with all fire. of this starting with you know dumping Cavill yeah I mean all of this is just kind of what's like trying to manage a dumpster fire this is this is just not (laughs) none of this is good news none of this is good news um i mean we're getting a supergirl movie that's sure that's fine superman doesn't exist anymore i feel "Ah, yeah i mean i feel like if that's what they're trying to do while it may be effective in the movie i don't know if it's effective in my head (laughs) like i don't know like i'm still gonna be like comparing everything they do in that movie to superman just for the nature of the character like so I'll be like, okay, well how is this origin gonna differ from Superman's origin since this is gonna there is no Superman. This is the first Kryptonian to come on Earth. Right. Like I'm, I'm like removing him from the equation does again, does not remove him from like the history of the D C universe and like the history of Supergirl. Like right. we know what the history is, you know, saying like, yeah. Oh, we're gonna make a Robin movie, but like Robin is Robin before Batman comes out. Well, you're still gonna be thinking about like how his character connects to the other character connection to Batman, you know, like it's it, you can't just remove that character, that character's, you know, uh, you know, their legend, yeah, their legend or or their uh, the person that they they've worked under, and think that oh well, that that will fix all our problems. That's not gonna work. So yeah. 
I don't know. I, I, I get it in some sense, but I don't think it's very effective for what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, let's talk about uh, Titans. So we got some very new, interesting set photos and even a short clip this week involving our first TV appearance of Jason Todd in, I think, anything. Uh, we've seen him in animated, but not anything in live action. We see we first released this week were set photos of what we now see are two Robins, which that threw, I think, everyone for a loop. We didn't know what to expect from the Jason Todd appearance that we knew was going to happen in this season. I think we were all shocked when we realized it was going to be two Jason Todd's in the Robin costume. And in the short clip that they uh, released this week, you find out that uh, Jason Todd somehow meets up with uh, with Richard uh Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson and realize I said Richard like I'm a like a yeah I'm, a, I'm thinking of what's the name um I'm reading too much uh Rob no, Robin now Damian Wayne because Damian Wayne only calls him Richard so right. <laughs> that's why that came in my head I was just reading uh that Robin but um but they meet he's on my meet up with Dick Grayson you learn that uh he's kind of replaced Grayson but he's a very new Robin and I actually. I can't front for someone who we've all bashed that Titans show and rightfully so. Uh, I dug that 30 second clip a lot. I like their interactions. I really like Jason Todd, the kid that's playing him. It was the first time I watched this show and a smile came on my face. It doesn't mean that they're going to write the ship completely. Obviously it's a, a, a tall mountain to climb, but those that those short interactions, it seems like those two actors have good chemistry. And I said the kid who's playing Jason Todd, he's got the right. They got him at the right the right age. He's got the right just about the right arrogance. He's got the right look. And this picture and the picture that they released of them in both in the Robin costume, yeah. it looks good. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, it's very it's really interesting that they're having Jason Todd, you know, kind of be the current Robin, while. Dick Grayson is the former Robin, but he's still wearing the costume. Still wearing the costume, kind of figuring himself out. Yeah, yeah. So that's very interesting. I'm very interested in seeing more of that. Um, And I mean, I liked it too. I liked the clip. I I want to see more of. And they showed him in in like doing fights and stuff. I'm like, this is this is really cool. So I'm I really want to see more of that. Um, And they also released a few more photos of the uh, the other Titans, but it's just like character character profile photos. But, I saw that, and I saw yeah. some action shots of a uh, of uh, what's the name Hawk and Dove. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, they, uh, those came out this week too. Okay. They looked they looked okay. Yeah, I mean, so so yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to Titans. Still, everything still in the even in that Jason Todd clip and in the picture, it's all dark. So everything's still that's, dark. That's the, that's the tone <laughs> of the show. So I mean, there's still no light. Uh, whatsoever, but I mean, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how they how it uh, really looks in the show. Yeah, this is. Uh, I can't lie. This is going to be a surprise, or this was a surprise for me because, um, I mean, you can even go back to when. I mean, look, we first realized Jason Todd was going to be in the show when the episode list came out, and there was an episode called Jason Todd, and we immediately thought, "Yo, we're getting Red Hood." on Titan that's gonna be crazy and for a long time that's what that's what we had been thinking uh then we have the the Titans trailer come out and after the trailer I say you know what I'm fine with the F Batman thing the way this is going 
Nightwing's gonna or Robin's gonna be on this screw Batman uh, tour until he runs into Jason Todd and he says to himself, "This is what I can't become. I can't become this uh, this guy that's like you know screw Batman, f Batman, or else I'll turn into Red Hood." And turns out it's going to be the other way around that um, Jason Todd will still be Robin. We won't get Red Hood, at least not for a long time, you would think. And whether or not, because I, I want to say that I had heard something about how Jason Todd will be in the show within the first couple of episodes, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. But um, it, I don't know if it's going to be a gradual decline for the character or if this is going to be he's introduced late in the series or late in the season and then this is something that manifests itself later down the road um i don't know how i feel about there be the the scene was excellent i i agree with you guys that the scene was excellent um the actor did a good job with jason todd um i don't know how i do i am a little disappointed though that we won't have red hood at least for a while because I was excited to get the Red Hood character. Maybe there will be a huge payoff when we see this guy as Jason Todd and then we see him as Red Hood. It'll probably be even better. But there, there was also that part of me that's already a comic book fan that knows that knows the Jason Todd story. So that, it's one of those things where do I need to see him as Robin before he gets to Red Hood? Because I know the story. But... If they feel the need to, to to show it, if they feel the need, if they feel like, and they may be right that 75% of the people that are going to be watching Titans don't know the Jason Todd story, I'd probably say that's maybe, a, I'd say that's probably a right number. 75%? And, I disagree. On the 70, DC Universe app? No, that, that yeah, number's way low. That number's way low. I say no That means people would have bought the DC Universe app. Like you had to be, you had to be in the know to even do that. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I think a, a Titans, lot of people don't even know. About Titans this. is being branded because you got to remember, Teen Titans is a show that, I mean, the cartoon, the cartoon is very popular, That's and true. Red Hood doesn't doesn't appear in the cartoon. It's Red X, who's some would argue is Jason Todd, but never confirmed who he is. That's crazy. Yeah, he's a popular theory, but. Um, <laughs> And I, I feel like Red Hood hasn't been super mainstream because they haven't used him in any of the movies yet. And, and really not a whole lot of the animated stuff outside of his movie, which was excellent. So I do wonder if they'd be, they'd be exaggerating if they didn't tell that story in its fullest. Now, you could also allude to the story and then on the streaming service you'll have those movies and you'll have his movie. To have people, if they want to see more Red Hood, they can just watch the animated movie on the streaming service. But no, I do wonder if uh, they felt like, well, not enough people will be familiar with that Red Hood story. Um, so let's just tell it in its entirety in this show, as opposed to skipping a lot I mean, of the good parts. I mean, the one I, to me, it's more effective to tell it in its full entirety yeah, than to too. just skip the most dramatic part of it. Like, I think what made what made the Under the Red Hood movie so good was that you did see what happened to Jason Todd. If it was only uh, yeah, hear, I, if it was only hearsay, like and like you know, like maybe like a brief two shots, you would have been like, okay, this isn't as big but, a deal. But this isn't like a Red Hood show, like that. 
so that's my thing. Like it'd be like with with you know Civil War or Spider Man Homecoming, us getting the Uncle Ben death scene where it's like that I need or us seeing Spider Man become Spider Man. Obviously, Red Hood's not Spider Man, but I just wonder where it's like for me personally. I don't really need to see him turn into Red Hood because I know I know the story behind it. You can have a couple lines, you can have it be told through dialogue and maybe a flashback here or there, rather than have to go through a whole season of him being Robin. I mean, I I don't think it's going to be, like... Like, I, I wonder how much he's even going to be in the show. And I wonder how long it's going to take for him to even become Red Hood. Because you're right, this is a Titan show. You know, he's not the focus. You know? I mean, we have one episode titled Jason Todd. He'll probably debut in that episode. And then who knows when we're going to see him again. Honestly. I mean, the, the villain we've heard maybe Trigon... And you know, I mean that all that stuff is gonna have nothing to do with Red Hood or yeah. Jason Todd. You would think, yeah, you would think. And I mean, you got Robin around saying, you know, F Batman and all this other stuff. So who knows when we're gonna see hear see or hear about Batman again? So he might not turn into Red Hood for one or two se- two seasons. You might get two seasons of him just as Jason Todd, and then maybe he'll. Which I feel like that's too long. I mean, as someone who wants to see Todd, Red Hood, I mean, if he's a good Jason Todd, I mean, I, I mean, I personally. Because Jason Todd is a character in in his, in himself, you know? Right. So, I mean, though people have been, been complaining that Dick Grayson is kind of like Jason right. Todd, right. which, the, which the, I agree the, with yeah, that. the brutality he's shown <laughs> is troubling and too similar to Jason Todd. Yeah, so that's that's kind of an issue in itself. Um, but just in seeing Jason Todd, I wouldn't mind seeing Jason Todd's Robin, um, especially if it, if, it, if it were a contrast to Dick Grayson's Robin. Um, though it, in general, I agree with EJ in that showing that showing the whole story is better, especially to an audience that you know may not know about um, either may not know about Red Hood's story, or um, and also it's just a jarring thing to see happen. I think it's just good storytelling. Yeah, I think you'd be missing out on, it, on telling a really and dramatic. I story. agree. With, I agree with you guys that maybe I sold it a little short by saying seventy five. Because I'll say that seventy five percent hasn't seen that movie or read the comic. I do agree yeah, that most that. people probably right. know the character. Yeah. Probably know who Red Hood is. I mean, especially if you played Justice. But Or if you played uh or if you, even if you played right uh, Arkham, Arkham Knight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Arkham. So you know, there are pre- there are people that know who Jason Todd is, but the question is have you gotten real exposure to that story? Uh and that's where I'd say probably most of the people that will be watching in the show haven't. So they probably feel like we have to we have to give it to them if they want to tell it the right way. Which I'd agree with. I'm just saying from my perspective, I'm not as intrigued to see it played through 20 episodes before we see Red Hood. But I do think for this Robin, it does make sense that like it's kind of another sign that he's being pushed out the door. I think for the storytelling, the story they're trying to tell with this Robin, I think it makes sense. That not only is he disowned Batman, but Batman's all right, F you too. <laughs> I'm going to get a new guy just to replace you. It's a very Batman thing to do. He would right, be yeah. that arrogant to be like, I find anyone who could do what you do. And um, and he's got this kid who's very, who he's shown immediately he's very troubled. And uh, I think that could be something that, that will weigh on Dick Grayson. It's like, you know, for someone who feels like he doesn't belong anywhere, I think this will even uh, hit that home even more. It's because now there is no turning back. Someone else is already wearing your suit. So I think that there's a potentially really good storytelling uh, potential there. But, um, see, staying on the DC app real quick, 
uh, another really crazy story that came out this week that I don't think any of us were respecting. It was a it was a shout out to Fandom uh, Wire. They had an exclusive scoop on this, but it seems like DC universe the DC universe app will also be debuting a Batgirl series in 2020. Apparently, this is a story that there's a, a a television series that would be a 13 episode live action series. It's uh, being uh, slated to be shot in 2019. To be released in 2020, probably alongside that animated Harley Quinn show that we've been hearing about for it seems like forever now, since pretty much since Suicide Squad came out. Um, this came out of nowhere. We were expecting a Batgirl movie at some point. Now we're hearing about this TV show. Did the movie turn into a TV show? Is <laughs> my is my immediate question. <laughs> I think that might be what oh. just happened. And this is why EJ and Shamari, I always say when we talk about the DCEU, I always have to preference all conversation by saying if this movie even comes out. (laughs) And you have to because, you know, it feels like now eight times out of ten these movies don't come out. All these movies they talk about, oh, we're going to do Batgirl. We're gonna do Lobo. We're gonna do Suicide Squad two. Beetle and Booster Gold. Yeah, we got Blue and Gold coming out. (laughs) It's like we got all these movies and they. Sometimes they manifest they manifest itself into other projects, like you know Gotham City Sirens and Birds of Prey were two different things that apparently got turned into one, and or really and then you throw in the Harley Quinn movie and it's like three different things turned into one mm-hmm. Birds of Prey movie. So like, I mean I I think that this is the the Batgirl movie. Um, I hope it is because I don't want a Batgirl TV show coming out the exact same time a Batgirl movie is supposed to be coming out. That doesn't seem to make um, sense. There. That makes no sense. Uh, on the flip side, they also have a Supergirl movie coming out while we have a Supergirl on TV. So I don't think that they're completely opposed, but at least the Supergirl TV series is, uh, it's already, it's hit the ground running already. So at least you have a base, a fan base, a support group that'll continue to watch the show regardless of what the movie does. Um, in terms of whether or not I'm excited about a Batgirl show, I mean, it seems like a good idea. I would have preferred it in the CW, but... Yeah, I would have preferred it on the CW and maybe put Batwoman on uh, the DC Universe app. That seems to have been an obvious. That seems to have been an obvious uh, move. But uh, regardless, I think it's a good idea. It's also weird that we have a Batwoman show and a Batgirl show coming out. But uh, I mean, I, I think it's a good idea. Uh, it'll probably, I guess, tie in with Titans in some regard. Uh, so, I mean, I'm excited for it. Just a lot, a lot, a lot of television shows coming out, man. Just another one to add on the list. I mean, so how many Gotham Cities do we have now? I mean, we've got, we have, <laughs> we have Gotham and Titans. Probably. We got Gotham and Titans. We have a Gotham and Gotham. We got a Gotham in, uh, uh, the, C- the CW. Yeah, the Arrowverse. The yeah. Arrowverse, we have a Gotham. We have, uh, well, I don't know about Pennyworth. I don't know when that's coming out or whatever, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we got all these different Gotham cities. Yeah, and this is all kind of happening at once. And now we have a Gotham in this Batgirl show, which I mean, I'm guessing it. I'm, I mean, is it gonna cross? Is it gonna cross with Titans? I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, it, hopefully it does. So it's not just another added universe in the same app. That would be weird. Um, but yeah, this is uh, in general, this is good news. I'm excited for this Batgirl show. I agree. I would have liked it if this were connected with the CW. So. It wasn't just having all these separate things and separate these separate Batman things going on at the, at the exact same time, but um, but yeah, in general, I'm very excited for this. I think this is a good idea. 
I like this better than the movie uh, for now because I feel like you can um, it, it's not so there isn't so much pressure of everything being connected and, and making sense with regards to different timelines and why is the Batgirl movie before the Batman movie and all this other stuff like like I, now that's not a concern because well it's a Batgirl TV show if you want to throw Batman in there you can throw him in there if you want you know it's not there's no thing of Ashley Affleck is it Affleck or is it not Affleck mm-hmm. You can just throw in any guy, like similar to what they did with Supergirl. Yeah. Just throw in a guy to put him in the Batman <laughs> costume. And, oh, this is Batman. He showed up for an episode, you know, and taught Batgirl how to be Batgirl. You like, you know, it, there's no pressure with that. That is very easy, simple. It's not complicated. You know, so I'm very much looking forward to this. I think you could find a good act, good young actress to play Barbara Gordon. You could find a good Jim Gordon. And you, it could just be a really good... Um, interesting show i think barbara gordon is also a very uh charismatic person absolutely she's very she she definitely she definitely feels way more tv also than movie yeah seriously like that story feels way more tv feels way more Mm -hmm. like betty cooper on riverdale type yeah exactly you know way less way less pressure on the actress that's playing her yeah she do it on the dc universe app then uh compared to if you're Starring in a major motion picture for Warner Brothers in background. <laughs> exactly. You know, I feel like this just makes way more sense. I, mm-hmm. All the mediums I've seen background. The most recent one that I rewatched was in the Batman when she was in the Batman. Yeah, she was fun right. to watch in every episode that she was in. She was always always very fun to watch. It was just like it was just it's just good TV. So I think this is a very good idea. Yeah, Batgirl is a super fun character uh, in general. I mean. I, I, then now there will be two Batgirls because I mean she's supposed to be in Birds of Prey, so we do have that situation. Yeah, I mean, um, ridiculous. I mean, is she Oracle in that movie though? That's something that—that uh, hasn't been what has been reported. I don't know if that's yeah. going to change because of this. From what yeah, we, I don't, knew, I don't trust any of uh, a Batgirl movie happening and a Birds of Prey movie happening with the Batgirl movie being pushed to that back because Joss Whedon, I think he stole money from Warner Brothers basically. Because he couldn't find, and he didn't couldn't come up with a story. Um, I'm very curious because I know there was a you know DC kind of just put it out there, and it was another kind of bizarre situation where they were like, anyone got a good Batgirl story? And then random people just started, like you know, famous people even, but like even Randall just started tweeting at them, hey, give me a call, I I, I got a good story. Roxanne Gay put her name out there, say, hey, I I could write a good Batgirl script. Like, I wonder if this somehow is if this if this is the result of that kind of bizarre campaign to try to create some kind of right. Batgirl story, did they go to someone and someone say, look, this story you have is great, but maybe it's better on a 13-episode arc. How much money could they potentially be losing by making this decision? Because to, to make that decision, that's a million that's millions of dollars that possibly could be lost if you're trying to put it on a streaming service instead of a big budget motion picture movie. I, the Bat characters always felt like they made sense for TV because of the the budget constraints not really being as much of a factor for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the Rose Gallery being so deep. And the Rose Gallery being so deep. And the Rose Gallery also not having really a budget factor. There's mm-hmm. very few of them where you need massive CGI. Right. Yeah. Clayface, maybe Mr. Freeze. I mean, Mr. Freeze, did, they did pretty well in Gotham. Killer Croc. Yeah, Killer Croc. You Speaking of Mr. Freeze... Croc. Everyone uh, else you could pretty much do on television. Yeah. And it'd still be really good. It sounds it sounds like Mr. Freeze will be on Batwoman also. 
only because Nora Freeze got casted in the Arrowverse uh, crossover. Is she gonna so, just be in? Is she gonna be just in a tube somewhere, or is she gonna, actually gonna act? Well, I mean, they they casted Stephen Amell's wife as Nora Freeze, which I feel like if you announce that, suggests that she'll be playing a character. I would hope and so. she's playing a character. That's what it sounds like. Is she gonna be someone that then elicits Mister Freeze to become Mister Freeze? And if we're gonna get Mister Freeze in the hours, I would think it would be in Batwoman. So to keep that in mind as well. Yeah, it's interesting to note. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I was I was fine with the idea of a Batgirl movie. I just didn't like the timeline where we had potentially potentially a Grayson and Batgirl movie before we see Batman. I don't know how this changes things, but Batgirl always meant sense, made sense for TV. That app to me, I, we kept saying for years, or not years, because it just, you know, but for months we've been saying that they're going to have to bring more to the table than what they're offering for it to be as viable as it potentially could be. A Batgirl is a pretty big deal. If you're going to do a Batgirl TV show, that's not small potatoes. That's a pretty big move, and that would probably bring eyeballs to their app. But a lot of it's still going to depend on what happens with the Titans. Like, I don't know if they could survive a second-round TKO and this Titan show being that bad and it recover from it. Um, Young Justice is not going to do it for them, as great as it, as it probably will be. It's an animated show. And then you're hoping Swamp Thing is not going to do it for them because it's Swamp Thing. Yeah. So, so when this show comes out, it could also be crucial in the kind of where this whole shakes out as to will we... Will have enough momentum and wings behind it by the time we get to see it. If 2020 is indeed the date that they're eyeing, but um, let's go to our last story of the day, and it involves the Venom movie. So, guys, we finally got an official runtime and official rating. The rating is PG-13, as I said before on earlier in the show, and the runtime is I think an hour and 52 minutes, which is like just under two hours. Uh, but director Ruben Fleischer also said that an unrated cut is possible and that fans, just like any superhero movie, should stay for the mid to after credits because there will likely be something. So, little quick nuggets on the Venom movie. is the next movie we have coming out in the superhero calendar. It's the last movie of the year. Oh, no, it's not. I keep forgetting no, Aquaman. Charlie's <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Um, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man into the Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, sure. I always forget it because it's an animated movie, which I shouldn't because I love animated content. But So we, it's not even close to the last superhero movie, but it's the last DC movie, uh, last uh, um, uh, Sony movie that we have. No, it's not. Well, no, Spider-Man. Spider-Man is next, yeah. so. It's just it's not last. <laughs> it's coming out in October. Yeah, it's just coming out. It's just a movie coming out in October. It's one of the last movies we'll have of the year. Uh, Shamari, what do you make of the rating and the uh, runtime? Um, I mean, I, I feel like we've been we've been hearing for a while that it was it was you know rumored to be PG thirteen, so I feel like this confirms what we um, were hearing, and I mean I, I mean I guess I'm a little disappointed by it, but you know it is what it is. I feel like it you kind of um, I feel like you, I guess you kind of need it to be PG thirteen to just to just to get more people to come, and. Um, you know, I and I'm and for the most part, I'm fine with the rating. I think I've seen other other movies that were PG PG thirteen that were very creepy <laughs> and very eerie, you know. But they were they were PG thirteen. They didn't they didn't they weren't R in that 
they weren't so disturbing or they weren't so violent that that there was no way you can make this PG-13. So mm-hmm. it's just that Venom hasn't crossed that line of literally seeing Venom chomp a man's arm off or whatever, <laughs> or just watch him chomp a man's head off. And it's like, you don't necessarily have to show that to still get, you know, Venom. I he hope, can, though, he it's not... Still, like, yeah. He can still, like, you know, absorb a man or whatever, like, throw him across a all the way down a block you can have him do things but just not have it be absurdly like violent i do like, hope but, it's not one of those things where he's doing this stuff but it's just all off camera that would be kind of whack i'm kind of worried because yeah, i don't think they kind of tease that in the trailer well right yeah i mean i think for some of the, i think some of it there is going to be that mm-hmm. but i still think we're going to be action i still think there's going to be action with venom in it with him doing things to guys like you know just that not, would be violent. Just yeah, not, that would be violent. Just not, not the gory violence. Just not the gory kind of violence. Right. Like MCU violent, but just not like, you know, like good action, but just not, you know, violent, really violent action. What, are you, what do you say, Ken? Um, Well, one, I've always been on the, the, the bandwagon of this movie should be PG-13. Not necessarily. Look, I, I, I always tend to look at the things from more of the studio perspective and i mean i it wouldn't have been smart to make this rated r uh i understand um because we all we always talk about you make your movie rated r you limit your budget well not your budget you limit your box office earnings you limit your your box office potential and that wouldn't be the smartest move for a studio like sony the rebuttal to that will always be well deadpool was rated r and that did better than most pg-13 superhero movies do and uh, you can argue that Deadpool did better because it was rated R, uh, because the quality of the movie was better. Um, and I understand that argument. I guess for me, it's like Deadpool is a movie that had to be rated R. Um, Logan, I feel like Logan probably limited itself in its box office by being rated R. Uh, yes, the movie was better for it. Um, I think the movie still could have been great without it being rated R, but maybe not as good. And but I think th- they could have made a ton more money in box office if they had made that movie PG thirteen and still tried to do what they tried to do. Uh, so I look at Venom and I'm like, this movie doesn't have to be rated R. I always ask the question: if it has to be rated R, then make it rated R for it to be good. I feel like Venom doesn't have to be rated R for it to be good. And I feel like Venom could still be very bad if it was rated R. So why limit yourself from that perspective by making it rated R? Let everybody see it. If anything, making it PG-13 then challenges yourself to make a good story and not worry about we're going to get cheap. We're going to have cheap for (laughs) wrestling term. We're going to get cheap pop for, you know, a, a... a graphic scene with Venom mm-hmm. or a couple of F-bombs, you know, like a couple of unnecessary F-bombs and whatever whatever else entails rated R ratings. But um, I don't know. I think this is fine. Uh, and also, I think Venom's a character that whether you, I mean, Wolverine's also similar and they decided to be Logan rated R, but I think Venom is a character that very well could be marketed to kids. And... Uh, you make it rated R now that movie not kids will still find there will be kids that still find a way to see the movie but um <laughs> now but you you then cut off that whole group and that 
I don't. I always feel like for the culture and for the industry, it's always best to let as many people see these movies as possible. Um, because, I mean, we know if we would have grown up and some of the movies that we saw were rated R that we wouldn't have been able to see, that would have been a shame. So, um, the fact that now there will be a generation of kids that get to see Venom, that I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't be upset about that. And I think that um, I think that it makes sense for it to be PG thirteen because of the potential future of the character. The reports have been that one of the big factors in making it PG thirteen was they want to see if there's con- this uh, crossover appeal that could be potentially useful to itself when it, Sony in regards to a Spider Man sequel or to the MCU in return to a Spider-Man sequel. You make him rated R, it becomes much harder to do that because then you have to then water him down in whatever Spider-Man movie or Marvel movie he's in. So I understand it from that standpoint. Again, it depends on how they do it. Like Shamari said, there are a lot of creepy, scary PG-13 movies. You can make a creepy PG-13 movie for sure. What you can't do, like I said, is the let's turn the camera to the other side while he's like biting his head off and then turn back when he's done because we can't show it that they do that. Or that's he why. does. He does all of his violent stuff to other symbiotes. Yeah. Or exactly. Yeah. That would be all, all of that would be trash. We don't want to see any of that. Um, so that's the concern. If they're able to do, use the creepy aspects and keep within PG 13 still, then all I'll be, I'll give them all the credit in the world. Um, as far as the unrated cut that's possible obviously I have to see the movie first to say if I'm excited about an unrated cut because if the, if the first movie is trash then I'm not going to care about an unrated cut like I I've not seen the ultimate cut of Superman yet Batman vs Superman because I, I barely was able to get through the first movie you're trying to tell me now I gotta watch a three hour version of that same movie like why would I want to do that so they got to prove to me before I get very excited about a potential unrated cut, but the fact that there is one is potentially exciting. And that they're staying with the tradition of the uh, after credit scene. It seems like a lot of people think that it will eventually have something to do with Carnage, which wouldn't make sense. That would make sense. Um, I mean, of course, we're going to stay for the after credit scene because we always stay for the after credit scene. I can't believe those people who leave superhero movies and don't see the after credit scene. Like, I can't explain why they do that. Every time I see it, I don't get it. They're probably just not that big on superhero movies. But how do you like at this Paid point? How do you not? Yeah. How do you not know that there is something after the movie you got to see? I think these people know. Then they just don't. Not care. all of them. Yeah. I think, I think, I think a lot of them, them know. Yeah, I think a lot of them don't care. How do you not care? Uh, I'm just you know they're not they're not sweaty they're not the sweaties like us. But it's more content to the movie you just saw. Yeah. They don't but I guess for EJ, EJ, it'd be like if you saw. Let's say you, you went to the movies, or let's say you were watching on TV, like, I don't know, The Bachelor. Um, which, I, which I watched. I, I know, yeah, one of your favorite shows, DJ, The Bachelor. Shout let's say you got stuck watching The Bachelor, and there was an after credit scene. Would you really care? Or if the, or yes. you had an after credit scene, or you had a chance to beat traffic? I just spent two hours, because The Bachelor, just like movies, is two hours long, believe it or not. Um, sometimes it's even three hours. I just spent two hours watching content regardless of how bad or good or how invested I am, if you're telling me there's something 
that all I have to do is wait two minutes to see the rest of it? Why would I not sit and watch the rest of it? I mean, if it's something I didn't care about, I wouldn't watch it. But to me, yeah, if, you really if you really don't care about it, you wouldn't have sat down and watched it at the beginning. No, that's the difference. Yeah, Bachelor's yeah, on TV. That's why I use that example. They bought money to go see this movie. They care about it a little bit. That's what's strange. I agree. That doesn't, that, that to me, that doesn't add up. At least with The Bachelor, I watched it for free. And so, yeah. partly, probably by hostage. <laughs> um, though I, I, I enjoy, I found my joy in watching the battle. So it's not like I, you know, the first few episodes I had to be dragged. But now I'm kind of, I kind of get everything, and I can do it. I guarantee you, if I get the remote wrestling coming on or you know hoops, but I can live with watching the battle for two hours and not be a madman. But these people, they bought money to go see this movie. Why would you leave before? All the content is over. I, I just, I don't. And like, first I thought, well, maybe I'm doing it. I'm seeing this when other people have seen it multiple times. Maybe they just don't want to see that after credit scene again. I can almost live with that. But then when we saw, what was the movie we saw on Friday night? We saw a Friday night movie this year for the first time in a long time. I forgot what it well, was. It wasn't Deadpool, was it? Ant-Man. We saw Deadpool on Friday, but that wasn't what I was talking about. I think it might have been Ant-Man. Um... Okay. And people were leaving before the after credit scene again. Like so, it's like it doesn't matter. It's not like oh, I've seen this movie before. It's just they just leave. Right. And I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. So someone, if you've seen an after credit, if you've watched a superhero movie and you left, and you routinely leave before the after credit scene is shown, please hit us up and explain why. I would love to know. <laughs> it, that it, it gets to, it's gotten to the point now where it doesn't even have to be a superhero movie. We're staying for the after credit. Yeah, I, I stay for I stay through the credits almost every time I see a movie. I don't know if I've ever recently seen a movie and not stay through the credits. Only time it doesn't is when you know, like, we'll Google does the movie have an after credits scene. If it doesn't, then we'll leave. Yeah, yeah. But, it's like okay, I really don't need. To, I really could go or need to do something. Then I'll. Most of the time, I'm like, what am I in a rush for? Hmm. Um, I think that's a good place to end the show on a random EJ rant. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening in to this episode of New Generation Hero Talk. It was a little bit long this week, but we had a lot to get to, especially with the Henry Cavill stuff. We'll be following that story and all these stories over the course of the, of the rest of the year um, with our podcast network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can catch us out, New Generation Podcast Network. Uh, follow us on Facebook, New Generation Media. Also, subscribe to our new YouTube channel, you, that YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Uh, follow us on Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, New Generation Pod. Follow Shamari on Instagram and Snapchat at MCSham22. And follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at ActionEJ. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.